The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 199th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. Floyd, we are so close, so close to episode 200. My man, how are you doing? Dude, I'm exhausted because... Uh, let me tell you one thing I don't like to do as much as I love to talk and believe me, I do this show and I used to do like three podcasts a week. So I love to talk. I don't like the sound of my voice. <laughs> so real having to listening to like, like hours and hours of my voice on double time has not been my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> uh, and yeah, taking clips and saving it and, and I have a flash drive that has like the first hundred episodes on it, and and it's like trying to do this because we we you know I need an opening two minutes that is that is just um, worthy of our new theme that's coming, uh, Mr. Rich Lotta. Uh, you hear his name often because dude, either like like I said, I just think he's super talented. Uh, really, you know, I, at first song I ever listened to, like first time I heard one nation radio and he's rapping on the opening. I'm like, okay, this dude's yeah, he's amazing. So I knew he was going to do our show. I I, like, I knew that's what I wanted. And, you know, so I get to spread the gospel of rich and I'm going to, I, I remember I sent the, I sent the music. Oh, no, I know. I was trying to send the music to Cash and Dax to listen to, and it just you can't really send sound on Twitter. <laughs> so, so hopefully, once we get the once we get this big thing uh, looped together and stuff, send it to them as the opening, and hopefully they can enjoy it because I I just think it's a banger. I think it's the it greatest is. thing, and uh, I yeah, I just literally yeah. my goal is for our podcast to be worthy. Of our bomb ass <laughs> opening opening song now. Seriously, <laughs> yes. So no, um, this is so honestly. This last episode, you're getting John Silver, lead recruiter of the Dark Order. That whole intro is retired after 199, 
and we're going to 200. Uh, you'll get that episode, and I'm trying to get some people from Social Suplex on here because I'm not going to do like just the 200 episode big. I just like right. as we get over the 200, have some special guests, uh, people that have been on the show before. Because honestly, my host is host changed quite a bit until we got the Stone Cold over here, and, yep. and uh, so it's um. I am very, I'm very, again, like I said, uh, I'm very happy that you came along and I'm very looking forward to uh, getting uh, everybody listening to the show and getting settled on a day. Uh, we had a suggestion of Tuesday. I was, it's, I'm going to see if that works for Austin. We're going to see what works and when we're going to discuss and then we're going to come to a conclusion and we're going to try to get it to where it's the same day every week. So. Yeah, we're going to make sure we get this consistently. Um, we're Tuesday, something I think I can make happen. We're just going to need to see how the how the chips fall. Um, but regardless, um, hell, I mean, like on Thursdays, that's honestly a day that could work for me too. Like like basically capping everything off with Dynamite, uh, yeah. following everything else, that could work as well. So we'll figure something out though, and we're going to have that set up after episode 200 so that way you guys know when we're dropping every single week. But <laughs> Yeah, so, but yeah, other than that, I'm doing good. Uh, last night on the ESPYs, the Kansas City Chiefs literally won everything that they were up for. Team mm -hmm. of the year, NFL player of the year, blah, blah, blah. So, shout uh, out, I will say, because we don't need to, we don't need to go ahead and like parade around the Chiefs enough, like that they, are, they've gotten enough already these days, you know what? And they'll lose it once they lose to the Lions. But I just want to say, Give a big shout-out, too, to the quote, Clarissa Shields, Flint, Michigan's own, winning the Boxer of the Year, SB, beating out all the men that she was uh, nominated against. Female Boxer winning Boxer of the Year for the SBs. Um, honestly, just a pretty cool uh, moment for her, and she's killing it. She is absolutely She's never it. lost, right? She is uh, in her professional career, in her professional boxing career, she is not. Her MMA career, she's still trying to improve on that. But her boxing career, if I'm not mistaken, yes, I believe she is still undefeated. She is a multi-time champion. Uh, she just actually did a big show uh, bringing boxing back to Metro Detroit, uh, doing a main event boxing match in Little Caesars Arena, which that Detroit has not seen in years since the days of Joe Lewis and all that kind of stuff. Now... It's good to see her get the recognition, and I mean, she's going to tout about this for weeks. If you follow her on Twitter, you know how much she likes to talk, uh, and she backs it up. I can't deny it, and she represents the city of Flint, too, which we appreciate. I just had to mention that, too, since you brought up the ESPYs, and fuck the Chiefs. The Lions are beating them week one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I hope. I mean, it's it's see. To the Chiefs, it's just a game. To the Lions, it's a Super Bowl. But, you know, when you yeah. actually play in the Super Bowl, you know, regular season games, I'm like, oh, whatever. Uh, but the reigning... Once again, dude, if we lose, nobody bats an eye. If you lose, if you lose, yeah, then it really is as bad as a Super Bowl loss. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm like, I don't oh, know. do you realize how much talk is going to go around, man? You yeah. realize that? Yeah, dude. You know what? I like I said, I, I've I've been very honest with this. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You know, we won two out of the last, you know, two out of the last three Super Bowls. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You know what I mean? 
Sure. We've been, sure. No, we've been th- we've been in three of the last four Super Bowls. Come on, that might tell me nothing. And I'm like, sure. hey, we can finish four and thirteen next year, and I'd be like, oh, I mean. <laughs> like we were I live in the here and now, my friend. I live in the here and now. What have you done for me lately? That is what oh, I yeah. So I want to see what the defending champs do when they come against some kneecap biting motherfuckers. The Lions, Lions are going to be hungry, and oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to them. I'm going to be rooting for them in 16 of their 17 games next year. <laughs> so I, hey, you know, but uh, I'm just saying. There's Justin Fields, and then there's what you're about to have to deal with, who literally might be the best to ever play the position. I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying trajectory. Trajectory right now. Like, where he is right now, he's ahead of, like, everybody at the same age. So we'll see. And, he, and most importantly, Whataburger owner. That makes him a legend right He's there. a former Detroit Tiger, too, so he's going to have some affinity for the Lions anyway. And he's going to be like, y'all can have it. Yo, go ahead. I'll throw it to you, Kirby Joseph about four times this game. See? You tell me something new. I didn't. Uh, he got drafted by them he or something? He got drafted by the Tigers, yes. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. I think he made the right call. And what, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and where to go <laughs> in it i'm like saving and hey, making kansas city great is a whole hell of a lot easier than trying to make detroit great at anything uh so so we will see week one yeah i'm so excited but i imagine my fantasy team is gonna have a whole lot of chiefs playing you know <laughs> well there you go well, we're gonna move on from this now though but uh, guys, we want to make sure you guys continue this uh, downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts as we get ready to talk about everything in AEW this week. Um, whether you listen to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, whatever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really does mean the world to us. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a rating and a review. It helps out the show a ton. You can also follow us on Twitter at ATLEPod. Also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great podcasts that you should absolutely check out. Um, I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, in AEW News of the Week, uh, just today as we are recording this, uh, which is Thursday, uh, July 14th, AEW Collision and All Out Tickets went on sale uh, for the United Center uh, this uh, upcoming Labor Day weekend. Uh, I got all-out tickets. I know I can get to Chicago. I've done it before. I'm not making another Canada mistake. Uh, but we, me, me and Sydney will be at all-out. Uh, so we're going to make up for the fact that I was an idiot and did not uh, make fight for, I mean, uh, Forbidden Door happen because of my very very dumb uh, mistakes but yeah so i made that happen um i know floyd said he is waiting uh uh for seats since i mean he is going to london for god's sakes so yeah so i'm a fucking idiot now i just want to tell everybody that um so i will be going to all in on the 25th i mean i'll leave for that on the 24th getting uh getting the uk on the 25th uh stay until the 28th be back in oklahoma that monday then Friday morning, I will either be driving or flying to Chicago to participate in uh, 
as much as StarCast, well, they haven't announced anything for StarCast yet, so I really don't know what I'm getting into Chicago yet, because uh, there's these uh, letters, five letters, CMFTR, and I've mm-hmm. been bugging StarCast about a CMFTR, CMFTR uh, photo op, like with the whole group, so if that happens, I'm going to be in Chicago whenever that happens. So I'm going to be heartbroken because I know there's no way I can make it happen so, yeah, if, if that happens. In my history of watching AEW, <laughs> I always realize whatever well, day I decide to come into town for something. So I'm coming in Friday. They're going to put something awesome on Thursday, and I'm going to have to move my whole freaking schedule. Exactly. That, that's exactly what happens every year. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in town on Thursday. But, yeah, CMFTR meet and greet. I mean, I think that should be the, no, like, like the highlight. I think that should be, like, the first thing that goes on sale at StarCast because I think it'll sell out immediately. But we will see. Uh, I am looking forward to being there for that weekend. But after that weekend, uh, I am shutting down. For anything I can't drive through after that until exactly. until Mania. So I am Oklahoma boy. So what that means is, just, just so everyone is clear, if it's in Texas, I drive to Texas so I could still do those shows. And if it's in Kansas City, that's really the only place I drive to outside of Oklahoma. But it's like I'm not done, done going to shows, period. It's just shows are going to have to come to me instead of me going to them. Because uh, Philly, uh, WrestleMania, Philadelphia, uh, I, I know they do the ROH show that weekend. That's super important to me because, you know, there is a chance, even though they might get me again. I, I know they might get me again. There is, I will never be 100% that something's happening in WWE again because I was 100% sure Cody was winning at 39. Now I am... 45% sure he's running at 40. I like maybe as we get closer to the show, I uh, will get more excited, but yeah, I need to shut down. I have just I say yes too much and every year I say the next year I'm not going to say yes and I'm going to do less. And I say that every year and every year I never do it. 2024 I'm going to I've I've actually done less this year. I know it's hard to believe, but 2024 I'm going to get this shit locked down. Uh, Oh, I forgot the piece of news. This should have been the big story of the week. Um, There are rumors that AEW might be going to 12 pay-per-views. Really? Yes, that uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and the new TV contract and deal is talking about them doing a pay-per-view a month. I was going to bring this up because I wanted to know how did you feel about that? Because I have a weird take on it for me. See, here's my situation on that, at least, is the fact that the only reason I'm okay with WWE and the way they do their premium live events is because you get them through Peacock. Now, if we've talked about the the consistent, like, little rumor about HBO Discover, I mean, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery pushing for AEW content to be on max and if that's where they're kind of pushing towards and then they end up doing 12 pay-per-views a, a, a year and then they end up putting them on max for just the monthly subscription to get it live or maybe they have an upper price tier to include live streaming pay-per-views and stuff like that then i'm fine with it 
I can't pay like I, I it's not feasible like in this day of wrestling, I feel like to have twelve shows a year and then you're paying like fifty dollars a show. I'll say this. Other than me, <laughs> I and like me and a few of my friends, you know, like that I know that are close that buy everything. I don't see it happening. Even yeah. me, it would be hard. Like if I'm do, if they if they do a pay per view every month, I would like limit the amount of shows I'm going to because, mm-hmm. yeah. But my weird take on it is if they do a show every uh, every month, to me it would be easier for me to stop going to shows. Right. Because right now in the back of my head, I have four shows a year and I don't want to miss one. Right. Exactly. AEW pay-per-views are significantly more important because there's not that many. There's all out, double or nothing, full gear, revolution, and they just added Forbidden Door. Yeah. That's it. That's five. Yeah. See. And one of the and one of them is a crossover show. So like, yeah. that's why you'll see, like, even if the crowds are, like, you know, like, I know people have talked about how Double or Nothing's crowd this year was not too hype, but I was there. It was it was solid enough. But that's why they still get big numbers, even though sometimes the card doesn't represent it. It's because they don't happen yeah. as frequently. And, the core, and there's way more time to build, so that way the, the hype can be built up way, way more. Yeah, I've never missed one of the core four, ever. Like... I've still never been to a full gear, which is a weird thing to say, but I I just they they never bring full gear nearby. Yeah, uh, I remember they were going to do St. Louis that one year, and then it ended up Pandemic, having a, yeah. yeah. But the core four, yeah, the, you know, the, you know, never miss one. And it's like if they go to twelve, I would probably just be uh, I I would I would go to the, the shows that are close to me, but I would probably just go down to double or nothing and all out. That would be me. I like Vegas. That's why I go to Double or Nothing. I like Vegas. And, uh, and then All Out is just, to me, it's doing the all-in, all-out family. I just, I want to be at every one of those shows as possible. <laughs> I just, I, you know, and then anybody, also too, anybody, anybody knows my affinity for Chicago. I fucking right. love that city, so. <laughs> yeah, but then also, too, because AEW does do, like, the special edition Dynamites or stuff, like the AEW Grand Slams or the Winters, Winter is Comings and stuff like that. Those become obsolete, or they would just basically become the new pay-per-views. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly... I don't think that's a rumor my, with likes to it, personally, but... My opinion me. is... My opinion is you stick to the core four, maybe f- with the five... And then you just do big TV shows. That that's always I've liked that. I don't you know uh, buy the show uh, once a year. Uh, you know you do the core four, and then you know like I said, then I don't you know um, Forbidden Door is its own thing. But the you know you have your four, and you just build the shows. But hey, if W uh, Warner Brothers Discovery says. Do more pay per views, you get more money. Take the money all the time. Well, there it is. Yeah, and then if you move into Max, where people can watch it with a monthly subscription, because you Max you get with AT and T. I don't pay for Max. Yeah, I've there gotten you go, it, so. I've gotten it from AT and T. So I it would go from hey, you're spending fifty bucks or sometimes a hundred bucks uh, four times a year to a uh, you get twelve pay per views, and I don't spend anything. I get to see it for free. So. I, I know that's the final, you know, benefit. And because it's free, you will get more eyes on it. More people will watch it because it's, you know, included. 
or whatever. So <laughs> I think it's best for AEW. I, I tell them to do what's best for them. Uh, and, you know, as you grow, you're going to make changes. And not everyone's mm-hmm. going to like change. And, you know, this little company that could is growing up. And we got some more stuff to talk about it. Yeah, it, with it growing up later on. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's fun to see. Honestly, it's fun to see to watch. For me, to watch something you started with grow to what it is now. It's like I was playing Fight Forever, and I was playing Road to the Elite, and I saw the original like uh, rally that they did in Jacksonville, where they were just starting everything up. Uh, shout out Tiffany with the cameo. Also, me and Floyd and Sydney are all in the game. If you. Uh, end up beating Jericho for the AEW world title in the game in the career mode. Uh, you can absolutely see all th- all four of us, in fact, in that one hot little clip. Like, well, yeah, uh, that was crazy <clears throat> when you posted. I'm I know. Like, like, I'm right there. Yeah, we're right next to each other. Exactly. Um, but watching the, the hype rally that they did in Jacksonville through the uh, AEW history thing on Fight Forever – and then seeing where we are now, it's it's fucking wild, honestly. Like it's it's not the same. It's very much changed in a way of like you know this is not just the little company that could. It's actual like competition slash alternative slash like like second biggest American wrestling company in the world. Um, now there's two other pieces of news that I want to get to right now. Um, one is that uh, we just actually got word tonight, tonight that Tony Khan announced that uh, Mark Briscoe is not cleared for uh, Death Before Dishonor, uh, so he will not be able to face uh, Claudio Castagnoli for the AEW World uh, Championship. They are currently working on finding a replacement as we speak, um, and Claudio is going to have a busy week with Blood and Guts, and then uh, the Ring of Honor pay per view. So like. It's going to be a busy-ass week for Claudia, but bummer for uh, Mark Briscoe, and we hope he gets as healthy as soon as possible. Speaking of Ring of Honor, before we get into all the reviews, there's a show called All Things Honor. Did you know that? I did not. There's a show called All Things Honor. Shout out to you. ATH? Yes. And I was like, huh, 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 huh. I wonder where they got that name uh, idea from. I'm like, tag a brother, you know? Like, yeah, yeah like, get us I, on it. Like, like, we, love like, like, dude, we love talking about all things Tony Khan Productions as it is. I'm like, but I, I, I saw it. And then it. do old do yeah. old watch-longs of like old Ring of Honor pay-per-views so I can watch old CM Punk stuff. Then we're, it, then we're good. Dude, no, I just thought it was so cool. I was like, oh. And I like I said, I did not create all things. You know, yeah, the, the yeah, two yeah. words together. Patent pending. Yeah, co- I, saying, I did not. No, I just thought it was kind of funny because it's like sure. it's all things elite under the Tony Khan umbrella, and now you have only all things honor under the Tony Khan. You would have thought that yeah. we started it too, yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah, he's like you would think we have something to do with each other. I, <laughs> I honestly haven't got a chance to listen to the episode. I promise. I, I, I told myself I would, but. With editing the show, I haven't literally listened to anything trying to get this, you know, shout out to the sound people out there, the editors, people that make those video packages on SportsCenter and all that stuff. Fuck your legends, because this shit is not easy. It's not remotely easy. It's a, it's tedious as fuck. <laughs> like, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So shout out to all of you people out there for your hard work. Represent yeah, editors. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, because y'all are amazing. You phenomenal at what you do. And it's like right. if I can get anything to sound remotely close to what y'all do, I will be very happy. Even though you know this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna do the 
thing, and then I'm gonna send it to Austin and say, fix it. <laughs> for real honestly um there's one last piece of news though we have to talk about this was the biggest one i will say is that uh the reports came out basically uh that the AEW medical staff the coaches the refs and basically everybody uh was presented with uh new rules of conduct for what is not allowed uh in AEW. so Basically, it was announced, uh, this is per Fightful, um, they have banned unprotected chair shots to the head. Uh, which, they have, which should always been banned. That should always be banned again. Like, like yeah. listen, Concussed. the Cody, the Cody, Ro- the Cody Rhodes uh, from Sean Spears should be the thing where it's like, you look, you did it once and see, already it was bad. Yeah. It was it's supposed to be gimmicked and it still didn't go right. Concussions are real. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. So, understandable. Shots to the back of the head, um, specifically list, listing buckle bombs, honestly, which was one that kind of surprised me, honestly. I get that it is like it looks dangerous, and we've seen instances where buckle bombs have uh, caused a lot of pain. I mean, like Sting is one of them with Seth Rollins. Like, that was, he was out in that match against Seth Rollins. So um, I did not expect to see that, though, um, which is like also like blind moves that are backwards into the turnbuckle. So there's that instance. Uh, fencing responses or seizure cells. So, um, for instance, is a, Brian yeah. Danielson. <laughs> yeah, Brian Danielson, you got in trouble. You got in trouble pulling that shit. And hey, damn fucking straight, you crazy motherfucker. Like, why would you do that? I um, I, I, I honestly thought it was epic, but again, it I'm, was. Uh, but still, yeah, like, yes. yeah. Uh, spitting. So, um, can't like you can't spit basically. And I guess that. Too many times where people spit and then it's shit stuck to their uh, body, I think is the instance because that's happened multiple. I think it happened with FTR too. Well, FTR got one right in the fucking face too. Um, bleeding uh, when in the crowd, like bleeding, like uh, like trying to avoid getting blood on like fans and stuff like that. Weapons or projectiles in the crowd, taking drinks or food from guests in the crowd. MJF, MJF. yeah, MJF, physical contact with the crowd. MJF. And throwing objects uh, with blood into the crowd. Uh, so, I'm first of all with all of those ones related to the crowd. Wonder what the fuck anarchy in the arena is going to be like in the next time when we get one of those matches. Yeah, that's the one thing I saw thought of when that sort of instance was uh, brought up. Now there was also reports too that there are some still some other things that are currently in uh, in holding, basically of like waiting for approval of like what what else. If there's any more that will be added to this, I think this will probably be mostly where we stop with that. Um, but all of it, like, understandably, I, I, I get it. The only one that was like, eh, I mean, buckle bombs, I get it. But, like, I feel like you're being a bit, like, too precautious, I feel like, since it is a move that wrestlers are trained to do. Um, and then the spitting one was just like, I, get, I mean, like, as long as they're not spitting at people, wrestlers do whatever the fuck they want to each other. Um, and listen, again... We're saying this bleeding in the crowd. Blood is still allowed in AEW. Yeah, John Moxley would I, quit I, on the spot if blood was taken away from AEW. Yeah, I think yeah. John Moxley. So, John Moxley's next match would his be his retirement match, and he'd be be full time GCW. <laughs> exactly. So no, just bleeding in the crowd. Yes. Bloody bl- bloody projectiles and stuff like that, or objects covered in blood. 
can't go into the crowd. So basically, keep that shit in the ring and outside inside the barricades. So it's not it's they didn't ban blood, so don't try to push that narrative. Um, but I mean, it, all of it at least for the most part makes sense to me. And this is just what happens. Like, look, when you get bigger, when your company gets bigger. All of a sudden, you got to deal with sponsors, and you got to deal with uh, advertisers, and you got to deal with suits, and you got to deal with you know what we don't want to get sued, and all this other kind of stuff. Okay. It's all the instances of like you know what when you're a GCW or stuff like that, you do whatever the hell you want because you don't have to worry about that because you your whole brand is that. But if you're trying to be Pepsi to Coke, you can't have stuff like that. At the end of the day. It's just you can only go so far when you're trying to be an alternative that is the second biggest American wrestling company today. I understand it. And yeah, I mean, like I said, there's only like maybe one or two where I'm like, I think you're being a bit too precautious, but I'm not going to be like if you're trying to protect the wrestlers and like, go ahead. That's fine with me. So my uh, joke was today, and this is a joke. I'm. It's going to take away from the sting of the joke because I have to say it's a joke because I don't want anybody saying, that's what I mean. I was like, oh, you either die in Indy or li- yep. live long enough to become the E. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's, this shit's going to happen because they don't want to get sued. This shit's going to happen because they want to protect the wrestlers. This shit's going to happen because, you know, you don't want your people getting hurt, and you yeah. there's there's a million reasons that happen. I guess I, I I had a friend that was trying to take each one of these downs to individual things, and I'm like, they weren't just that one thing. They were, hey, this has been going on. You know, let's clean it up. They got a uh, TV rights contract coming up, and they're cleaning up a lot of shit right now. They want it to be fan-friendly. They want it to be kid-friendly. They want parents to be able to sit down with their kids and watch the show, uh, you know. And that, you know, a lot of these things help that. A lot of these things protect the wrestlers. It's, like, all-encompassing of a lot of different things. So it's, like, don't try to inter-focus on one of the things. Just like, oh, they're trying to present a better product that can go for everyone and not just that. So... Oh, I did want to say I got uh, last weekend. Uh, this is the last thing, the last last thing, because I've said the other thing was the last thing. It's the last last thing. Last weekend I went to San Antonio to see if we hear a Comic Con and the car show, and I like it feels like forever ago at this point. But I did a meet and greet with MJF, and uh, I took my figure to get signed, uh, and I was like, hey. Because I have the other four, and it said they all got them signed blood and guts and then their name. So I say, could you sign it? MJF, could you sign it blood and guts? I knew the answer. I knew he wasn't going to do it. But literally, on all his things, it doesn't have an option to uh, you know put what you want. As in, you can't pay for an inscription. So I right. asked him to sign it, and he wrote no in pink and then signed it. So... It's still signed, and it's JSA'd, so I have all five of the Pinnacle from Blood and Guts, Ender Blood and Guts uh, uh, stuff signed, even though he did right now, and that was cool. And then I got a picture with him. He sat down in a chair with his glasses on and barely acknowledged, but I will say this. 
And my friend pointed this out to me. He was an outright jerk to everyone else. He threw their figures and all that stuff. He was not to me. He signed oh, really? it, signed it, and handed handed me my figure back. Well, I think he might have pushed it. I honestly don't remember, but I know he didn't throw it right. And then when I took the picture and he sat down, I put my hand on him, and he didn't make me move. Ah. So my friend pointed it out. He's like, I mean, he's like, he wasn't nice to you. Obviously, he's not he wasn't nice, to, nice to nice to you. He was just not not an asshole to me. So he was <laughs> like, maybe he likes you. I'm like, no. I guarantee you that man doesn't know who I am. <laughs> yes. yes. He knows who Tiffany is because we had that whole interaction where he had to be nice to her because Cody said. And I was there. So he's probably seen me at things or whatever. So, sure. So I also had a Jade figure. So when I met Jade in Vegas, I got a figure with uh, I got a figure with my meet and greet. Yep. I was there. So I couldn't get my other figure signed. Right. Well, I took my other figure to get signed, and she was talking to somebody, and she looks at me, because my friend Steve's with me, and she's like, yeah, and she's like, I'm that bitch, and she was going off about Britt uh, using the baddest bitch. She's like, the baddest bitch is basically that bitch, and I don't like that she's trying to steal my thing, and then she like crossed her name out on her figure and signed over it, and she's like, he knows, and she knew exactly who I was. Like Let's she go. doesn't know my name, but she knew. She's like, "You're at everything," and it's like, "Yes, it was a very familiar type thing." But I we had just met her, you know, just did it in May, so I, I think that was like my fourth or fifth picture or a fourth. She or thought fifth she thing. knew me, but she just yeah. recognized me as generic white guy. I got yeah. Roderick Strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she she knows <laughs> me because you know I, I I'm the guy with Tiffany. Everyone knows that about me. I'm the guy with Tiffany. So, uh, you know, she's like, oh, yeah. And it was just kind of funny. She's like, yeah, she knew you who you were. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, because even me, it was like, oh, yeah. You know, she was she was uh, talking. So that was cool. It was a cool experience. I got to meet a lot of celebrities. I got to meet Captain Marvel, uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. Um, what's her name? Uh, Daenerys Targaryen and Jon Snow. Got to meet all those actors that played those characters. It was fun weekend. But yeah, uh, it started off with AEW. I, I tell everybody this everywhere. It's like, uh, you know, Brian Danielson once cut a promo. He's like, I take wrestling wherever I go with yes. me. And he's like, I take professional wrestling wherever I go. When you see me, I, I, I take professional wrestling wherever I go. The back of my phone, the shirts I'm wearing, yep. you know, whatever you want to see, professional wrestling on <laughs> me. So it was really cool to have that. So let's talk about, let's actually do what this show does and yeah. you know, like review stuff. Let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, real quick, the, I'm going to start from Rampage. We'll build up to this week's Dynamite is how I'll do things. Uh, the only thing I want to mention on A to B Rampage 100 that happened was a rematch between the Dark Order and Hangman and the Young Bucks, the the Hung Bucks. Um, you cannot in your goddamn life make me not cheer the Dark Order over the Hung Bucks. The Dark Order are the baby faces. You cannot convince me otherwise. I don't care if the BCC got involved and cost the Hung Bucks the match. Dark Order are the good guys in this whole situation. You know why? Because pussy-ass Hangman can't decide to be friends with two groups of people. He has to only be friends with one. And when he decides to be friends with one, he cuts the other ones out of his life completely. 
That is not how normal people act with friends. You can have different friend groups. I have different friend groups. I have friend groups who like wrestling. I have friend groups who like football. I have friend groups who like stuff completely separately from all of that. Hangman doesn't know how that works. You know why? Because he's a socially inept cowboy who talks to horses. Yes. Uh, I completely agree <laughs> with everything you just said. And I, I was a little shocked there because you kind of said everything I was going to say. Um, I imagine the person behind the hangman is a really good person. But Adam Page seems like a lovely, and I, I've met him before. He's a lovely man. The yeah. hangman is a bitch. Yes. And uh, shout out to the lead recruiter of the Dark Order, John Silver, who, you know, starts off this show. So we've always been a dark pro Dark Order podcast, and uh, yeah. uh, So uh, let's get Evil Uno. Let's get Evil Uno and Alex on the game. Let me throw that out there. Yes, make that happen. Let's get them. I mean, Evil Uno is like one of the faces of AEW games, and he's not in the AEW game. Let's. We got to get that corrected. He doesn't seem too Mm. concerned about it, though. I think he knows he's going to be in pretty soon. But yeah, we're going to make it happen. Yes, but a big win for the Dark Order. Uh, you know, uh, the Hung Bucks are not undefeated as a trio, unlike uh, CMFTR, just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, speak on it, speak yeah. on it. Yeah, so uh, Hangman yeah. finally got his, the Dark Order got their revenge, and now hopefully they can move on. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I gotta, you don't understand. Like I'm, I walk in. I'm in my room after our thing, and then this happens, and I like, I howl. I'm like, I'm like, God damn! I remember last week. How many times are the Dark Order gonna fucking lose to the Young Bucks? And they finally got their win. Yes, congratulations on the hundred episode of Rampage. They built up to the moment. It was, it made, it was great. It was great. Uh, yeah, because uh, they got their win back. Because I, I like. Like I don't, I rarely like argue with wins and losses in AEW. I I trust Tony. I trust all the people that do the show. But good lord, when they came out in the, all the cowboy gear, the purple and black cowboy gear, and against the Monstars, and I was like, and it was all for Hangman's title shot, and I was like, there's no way the Dark Order loses this match, and they lost. And it was like that was like that was one of those Cody the Cody moments. Like it was like. I was 100% sure Dark Order was winning that match and they lost. So this was great because I was 100% sure they was losing this match and they won. Shout out to the Dark Order. Yeah. Um, That's really all I have to say on Rampage. Everything else was brand a blind eliminator tag team tournament stuff. And then uh, Hikaru Shida beating... uh, Marie, uh, Hikaru Shida and Marina Shafir's match. Oh. uh, Where uh, Marina Shafir ended up getting the win. So I had a problem with the Big Bill match. Big Bill oh, and, and yes. Brian Cage. And, yes. They should have won that match in a minute and 30 seconds. Instead of Trent and Matt Seidel holding them together for way longer. Yes, and I know they don't do these kind of matches in AEW. And, of course, we're going to talk about what happened on Dynamite. It wouldn't have made a difference anyway. But if you're trying to build up these giants as a super threat, Dude, just have them go in there and completely squash those guys and just, like, pin them with one foot and then get out of there. And I, I know everyone loves Trent. Maybe a short-ass rampage, I would say yeah, that. Yeah, you know, you do that in the middle and you make something else to make. <laughs> because, honestly, 
Tark Order and the Young Bucks could have made him any of it. But it would have just been something, because AEW doesn't do it ever, it would be such a big moment. Like, oh, fuck. Sure. These do one in like a minute. They don't, they don't really, I mean, other than Wardlow and, you know, Hobbs, they really don't do squash matches. So the fact yeah. that these, they would come in and just destroy them and then pin them, it would have, to me, uh, meant a lot more. But again, this was a thrown together tag team uh, for this event. And like I said, based on what happens Wednesday, I have less of a problem with it. Right, exactly. Um, we'll move over to Collision. Also, one last thing I forgot to mention, too, about all the recent announcements of uh, or the uh, rumored of the uh, list of banned things. I'm going to love it when uh, the man that we uh, talk about in the main event of Dynamite shows up and he's like, you can't fire me. I can do whatever I want. I'm just going to leave a tease on that because I don't want to I want to get into it when we talk about Dynamite. But Collision. We had uh, CM Punk open the show, uh, cutting off a promo, basically saying if it wasn't for Owen Hart, a lot of this empty locker room wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Joe wouldn't be here. Uh, he gave a very babyface uh, uh, promo. Also said, I know I'm a hockey guy, but I'm not superstitious. I will touch the trophy. And I'm like, all right, dog. All right, you do that. Um, and he got a good response uh, from the Regina crowd. Uh, they were giving him a pretty solid babyface response. Um, and then, of course, my favorite thing out of all of it was uh, the Botchamania cut where they cut him uh, saying the, uh, Regina in his opening promo with the famous uh, You Have a Vagina uh, video from a WWE house show. Uh, so You Have a Regina is now one of the things that is like in my head at all times. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, and going into the rest of that uh, show, Hobbs and QT, uh, Hobbs and uh, Ricky Starks did a good job too, and I love the story developments of QT costing Powerhouse Hobbs the match, and then Ricky Starks is able to capitalize, and um, like Hobbs wanted to kill him, so getting Hobbs, I think, away from QTV, I think, is the right move personally. Uh, Floyd, do you want to go in on that? Yeah, I thought with the Johnny Elite that, when it, that they were just going to do it quietly, you know, but they seem like they're going to make it a bigger deal. Yeah. Getting away from the group. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're holding him back. I just think he, if you, what you're trying to do is make him like the, one of the focuses of the show, it's not a main event uh, QTV is not a main event act. And this is coming from someone that loves QT Marshall. Love QTV, what it brings to the show. I think it's something you need. Don't, yeah, I, I absolutely think it's something you need. I just, um, when it comes down to it, I just don't think like it's something, it's a main event thing that you want to do. So, uh, I love that they're eventually, looks like they're getting away from that. So that's cool. Uh, the match was good. Um, I would love one day these two people, Ricky Starks and Renewal Hobbs, are going to have like uh, just a regular match and it's going to be the main event of the show and they're not going to be any interference and they're just going to go and they're going to put on an amazing show. And I just like, this wasn't it. You know, this was a story. It was still all right. It was a story. I thought it was a good match. I did think it was a good match. And I mean, you like, and it's one of those things. What you see on Dynamite. <laughs> And what you see on uh, on collision are going to be different, and this felt like one of those. It felt like pro wrestling, you know what I right. mean? And it was yeah. like, and that was good. 
That was good. And I, like I said, I had no problem with the winner. Uh, I felt we both said it was going to be Starks and Punk pretty much from the beginning. Yep. And that's where that's where we're about to lead. Yeah. Um, also, we will say, too, that the we did not get the Willow Nightingale match uh, with uh, Athena because she had an injury. So they basically moved it uh, to uh, this upcoming Rampage, which will be the Friday that you guys are listening to this. So tonight they will do uh, the semifinal match between Willow Nightingale and Athena. So it's a little bit uh, postponed, but it will happen regardless. Um, then... Uh, Moving over down the line, we had FTR and Bullet Club Gold. My God. Holy shit. I will say straight up right now, dude, and then I'll pass this off to Floyd. Um, everyone knows about me with CM Punk, and I was so excited for Samoa Joe and uh, CM Punk uh, reigniting their 18-plus year feud for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. This match blew that match out of the water, straight up. And I honestly didn't firmly believe in my heart of hearts that uh, Joe and Punk's match, eight, like this this long ahead in a semifinal match of a Owen Hart tournament, was going to be the same as CM Punk trying to win the Ring of Honor world title uh, against Samoa Joe. I thought this was a nice little moment where they could cap off the story or keep it open if they wanted to because they could absolutely do this again um and i'll talk about that when i get to that but this however this not only set up stuff for uh, a future collision but also gave us a fucking banger of a match the spot i still love ftr spot where they do the double german suplexes and their 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 opponents are reaching for each other trying to grab each other for their dear lives and it doesn't matter they're gonna get german on the back of their heads um such a fucking good match. Um, obviously, uh, not the outcome that I'm sure our co-host here would want the outcome to be with Bullet Club Gold getting the victory um, uh, after uh, Dax tried to go after Jay White, who he thought was legal. Jay, Juice Robinson, however, then caught him. And then uh, as that happened, Juice got the pin before Cash was able to break it up. So they will be getting a AEW World Tag Team Championship match this Saturday on Collision in a two out of three falls match, which if you know FTR in two out of three falls, you know what's coming. It is going to be some good shit. The Colliders are eating this week. I promise you that. Floyd, gush about you guys. So, without a shadow of a doubt, 100%, no one, I no arguments accepted. This was the best match in AEW Collision history. Facts. Like so, this this week's show, God dang it, was amazing. This is Collision, right? This is Collision. This is stay in on a Saturday night and watch TV. That was a watch t- staying on Saturday night watch TV version of Collision. I actually walked in from dinner uh, right as FTR was in the ring. And I sat down and I watched that match. And, you know, my friends are staring at me because I'm just like completely like, you know, when FTR is on, that's, that's what I do. I watch them and I'm watching everything. I'm watching the little things that they do. 
you know, and Jay White and Jay White and Juice and FTR, I who knew that they would have this chemistry? You know what I mean? It's like you you got to think about it. So Juice actually grew up with them basically in the WWE developmental, and Jay White very much wrestles kind of a traditional bad guy style, heel style, whatever you want. So it it really did work well together, and I just thought this match was magical. Uh, the big hot tags, the cutting off tags, Jay White, how how the FTR, uh, you know, kept saving each other from the uh, the Blade Runner because you you don't kick out of a Blade Runner, not a lot of people have, so kept saving them, and then Juice. And Jay kept cheating, and it was, uh, like, amazing that way. And it was just really good. I really enjoyed this match. Five stars, seven stars, whatever you want to say. Yeah, and, like, the story that was told out through the match, how uh, the shoulder was hit, I believe it was Dax's shoulder, not Cash's. And they were selling that, and then the, they, they hit the powerplex, the old power and glory suplex, and splash. Oh, God, I love that move. And just... How I mean, Jay White is just such a dastardly heel. He is such a heel. He makes me use the word dastardly. Yep, for real. He makes me go back to old time words that people don't use anymore. Dastardly. He's such. A, he's just such a like, such a bastard. You know. Uh, yep. No, no. He is. Uh, he he's so. And then, oh my God, I I have never been a Juice Robinson guy, ever ever been a juice robinson guy when he was cj parker when he was the flamboyant juice never been he actually annoys me i am all in on, on heel juice robinson i will tell you yeah. right now dude and i'm not even being facetious on this too because when i was getting into new japan like in 2017 i want to say like 2016 2017 um i straight up could like when i saw juice robinson for the first time i didn't fucking recognize him I was like, who's this Juice Robinson? This dude's really good. And then someone told me, you've seen CJ Parker, right? And I'm like, no, they are not the same person. You are lying to me. He's like, they're the same person. I'm like, oh, my God. How is that possible? Because they, they absolutely are the complete opposite. They don't seem like they're the same person, but they are. And, yeah, Juice is outstanding i'm honestly so gassed that he's doing stuff in AEW consistently with jay because i mean just for just for the i had my full eight hours i'm not tired you can't make me go to sleep uh he will always be my good graces because that was so funny yes so so funny jay jay could barely hold it together it's so crazy to me how much like everything he did in that annoyed me as a face Makes me hate him as a heel, so that means I like him now. So now uh, I thought he was wrestling is wonderful. Yeah, everything was. Uh, I think they were always in the right spot. Uh, the match was done well. Unfortunately, FTR lost, and honestly, I've been calling for them to lose for weeks. <laughs> like, you have to make me believe they can lose. Yeah, I mean, they, the, yeah, and now there's like this this whole thing with Bullet Club Gold. The story has so much more likes to it. Yes, now you get me two out of three falls. The greatest tag team in the world. 
the Kings. If you had to say FTR has a signature match, it is the two out of three falls match. They had a they've had bangers with American Alpha. They have bangers with DIY. They had a banger with a Briscoes last year in July. This year will almost be it'll be like a week short of being a year to the date that the two three out of two out of three falls between the Briscoes and FTR. This match is going to be in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, home of their hero, Bret Hart. I'm hoping, I'm hoping somehow they got a deal or something where he can show up for this match. That would be amazing. I don't know if the WWE would even be thinking about doing it. I'm hoping he can get cleared to show up for this match and uh, accompany them. Uh, I just, I love the raw emotion in this match. It made, it made me feel like, like both teams made me feel like they were desperate to win and not in like, uh, like, it's just like in a normal professional wrestling way, FTR never wants to lose. The look on the face after the match, after they lost, how pissed they were, and Jay White's just being a dick. Oh my God! I I, I thought this match was perfect. It was the perfect TV tag match. I I yeah. I don't know. Like I said, like even the instances I will say, even the instances where some spots looked a little bit more sloppy, it seemed way more like both teams were just so desperate to win. That Dude. Like, yeah, the moves weren't as clean as you would think they would be, but they were desperate to hit them. And even if the move didn't hit the way they wanted to, they capitalized. See, the professional wrestling I grew up on was sloppy. You know what I mean? It was just like, because fights are sloppy. And I, and I know, not you know, not real, all that stuff. Whatever you want to go down in your line or whatever. Uh, but to me, a little sloppiness makes it look like a real fight. Because I don't know if you've ever seen just two guys going at it, you know, in a bar or at school or wherever. No, I've watched seen World it. Star. I've yeah, watched yeah. World Star. It's never pretty. It's never clean. You know what I mean? And I don't want you to go to the extreme of a real fight. But if you want to give me some griminess in your in your fake fight to make it come off more real to keep me in my suspension of disbelief because I tell people when I watch a match when I watch wrestling I will you know I will go back and I will analyze it and I will try to give you my best thoughts but in that 15 20 30 minutes however long you're giving me wrestling is real I want my team to win I don't want the other I don't want the other team to win and I'm fully invested in the match and then after the match, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe this wasn't clean. Maybe well, that wasn't. But I want to invest. And in this match, I never lost my suspension of disbelief. And that is when wrestling is the best for me. This was an emotional match. I know they didn't want to lose. They hate Jay White and uh, Juice. They didn't deserve a title shot. They didn't even deserve the shot at the shot at the title shot. You know, because, you know, they haven't really done anything as a tag team. So there was yep. a lot of stories being told in this match, and it's perfect. And for FTR, for FTR to win, keep their titles, they have to beat the team that they haven't beat twice. And that's going to be fun. That's going to be a banger. But, yeah, this match was perfect. Uh, you know, shout out to Cash and Dax. I just, like, I'm, I'm running out of adjectives. I really am. Yeah. It's like yeah. they're their best tag team in the world. And, you know, and 
And it was funny because I had this post today where I was like, it's fu- it's impossible to argue the greatness, greatest tag team, greatest this, when you can't even agree on what great is. <laughs> it's like, so, it like, it, it just came from a conversation I was having a friend, and they were like, Pac is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I'm like, Pac is definitely athletic. He's definitely a great wrestler. But I haven't... I, I can't say there are too many pack matches where I felt anything. And for me, that's what wrestling is. It's pugging, tugging on my emotional heartstrings. You can do the best 450 ever and all that stuff. And I'll say that's cool because I love moves. Don't get me wrong. But the people that attach to me personally are the people that are going to make me feel based on me. So Dax Harwood one of the best wrestlers, Cash Wheeler, one of the best wrestlers at making you feel something in the world. So that is why they're my goats. And like I said, you can argue, you can argue, but like I said, arguing generally is the same people yelling the same thing they thought at the beginning, just louder and louder over an hour and a half until one of them taps out. There you go. <laughs> no, no, but now, there, yes. yes. Now we move over to the opposite side of this uh, collision portion of the show, which is me gushing about my goat, CM Punk. Uh, the Owen Hart Foundation men's semifinal matchup uh, for the tournament, CM Punk versus the Ring of Honor television champion, Samoa Joe. Um, yeah, like I said, it was great. Obviously, like because I went through and I rewatched every one of the trilogy matches. I did. Through the bad audio of the old Ring of Honor uh, commentary and the glitchiness of it and all, like I still still watched it because I love those matches. Um, but um, I, in my heart, as I'm watching this, I'm like, these are so fucking good. Like they still hand, hold up against some of the best pro wrestling matches I've seen in the last 20 years. Uh, I don't. I was in my head. I'm like, I'm gonna love this match on Collision. It's not gonna be this. And I was right. It was very much not this. And I think the reason why it wasn't was because of how things closed out. Um, but I will say this firmly. You know you've done something right in pro wrestling, and you know you've done something where the smallest thing that shouldn't be like a oh-my-God pop moment pops me. When Punk put him in a headlock, I popped. Like, I'm not even joking. Because I was like, oh, my God, there's the headlock. The headlock he used all the time in the trilogy. The headlock that he like would not stop wrenching. I was surprised, actually, he didn't go to it more. Um, and I was also surprised commentary didn't reference it. I would have absolutely been like, that right there was one of CM Punk's key strategies in their legendary feud. Wear him down, cinch in that headlock, don't let it go, don't let Joe get moving with his fast-moving offense. Um, but regardless of the fact, though, it was a damn good match. Uh, they were chanting for Owen Hart during the match, which was a genuinely awesome thing. Um, and CM Punk is able to just fully, as he gets busted open the mouth, hit multiple running knees into the corner on Joe after he's eventually able to work his way to be able to go ahead and get out of the muscle buster and tried for the GTS. As Punk was getting choked out, he rolls up Samoa Joe, scores the victory. For the first time ever, CM Punk has beaten Samoa Joe, and they go to shake hands. They shake hands, 
And then Joe chokes him out again, screaming at him, I've always been better than you. Basically saying, you got one. I have how many? Yeah, you're still not better than me. So the door is absolutely open for these two to throw out an absolute fucking classic. Straight up on the level of their Ring of Honor matches. Of those trilogy matches. The door is absolutely open. Whether they choose to do it or not is their call completely. But this could also be a genuine good like closing off. Where it's like, you know what? Punk finally like got that monkey off his back. He beat Samoa Joe. But... Joe's still establishing the fact that you are not better than me. So, and then we had Ricky Starks walking out, staring down at CM Punk uh, from the ramp. And right there, buddy, you're looking at your fate. And your fate is you're going to get turned on by CM Punk so he wins this Owen Hupcourt Cup and he's going to absolutely rub it in people's faces. So, um, I thought this match was good. And what it, I said this. Uh, I've said a lot. I talk a lot, so I'm not going to say everything I've ever said before, but what did I say about CM Punk when he left and he got hurt? He's going to have to come back and learn to tell stories in a different way to protect himself. You know what I mean? And I think he's, you know, you weren't going to get Samoa Joe versus CM Punk from 20 years ago. They're, they aren't the same humans there they were 20 years ago. They're not the same performers they were 20 years ago. In any way, like mentally, physically, whatever, they're not the same performers. So they're going to go out there and they're going to tell a story. And they told a TV story. This is not a pay-per-view. This is not for the world title. They told a TV story. So they told us, what, a 10, 15-minute match with CM Punk getting a fluke victory and Joe getting pissed off and beating the shit out of him. That's the st- that was the story. That this was not supposed to be that. I think there's going to be a main event on a show where CM Punk has the title and Joe has the title and they go 30 and they fucking kill each other and they're bleeding and someone just flat out wins. I think that story's coming. This wasn't supposed to be that. Yeah, no, this yeah. was absolutely what it needed to be, which was a semifinal matchup for a tournament on free TV. You know when I knew it wasn't going to be what everybody thought is when the match started, like literally the entrance ended with 14 minutes left on the clock. I was like, Oh, this is going to be more of a sprint than their old school wrestling match, which is okay. Uh, you know, which is okay. They hit the highlights. They hit the moves. They did the Samoa Joe walking away thing. They, uh, they punk going for the GTS and never being able to hit it. You know, all of that. They they hit all the stories. I really enjoyed the match. Is it going to be a match that I talk about at the end of the year when I'm thinking about my match of the year? Absolutely not. But it was a fun match for what it was. And you got your match of the night match already. This was supposed to be different from that. Now, I do expect a little more from CM Punk in the Ricky Starks match. Yes. Which, uh, you know, and like I said, there's going to be a higher standard. And it was funny because, you know, I'm kind of seeing what they have for Collision. And I'm like, dude, this show should be like three matches. Because I'm like, just give FTR. I, they proved to me what they can do. Give FTR, Jay, and Juice the first hour and let them go. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you might not do that. But guess what? I think you should. And I think they could. And, you know, so that being said, uh, good job, CM Punk. Good job, Samoa Joe. Good job, Samoa Joe. Like, they keep the feud going. This is not over. And this is 
this is Punk getting one match. He got one win. He got one in the Owen Hart, and now he's in the Owen Hart finals. And it's like, this is what you want. You know, CM Punk came in to get a more uh, more views on some of the younger talent. You have yeah. CM Punk versus Ricky Starks for the on in the main event of Collision this week. If that doesn't if that doesn't get more eyes on your guy, I don't know what does. Exactly. Now we'll go ahead and get into Dynamite from this past week, uh, which opened with Chris Jericho and Commander facing off. This is a good match, I will say. Commander still, like, his rope work, like, the way that he can just move off of the ropes is ridiculous. Um, and Jericho was able to still manage to work his way up and win with the Lion Tamer as well, which was awesome to see. And then, after the match, Don Callis coming out. And he's like, hey, that's why you're the GOAT. Hell of a match. And did you see the rating? world is buzzing about Jericho possibly joining the Don Callis family. And then he talked about how 28 years ago they were in a faction with their leader and their mentor, the great, late great bad news Allen. And they rolled old footage of them seeing Don Callis with hair. Does not make any feasible sense in my mind. 1995, I wasn't even alive when that happened. And Jericho made a joke about him being bald back when he was then. And he said, you know what? I remember Bad News talked to me then saying, making sure we should always make sure we stay together. And Callus is like, I'm not going to force your hand at this point right now. But I think he's up there right now smiling with the possibility of you joining the Don Callis family. And he, you know where he, what he would want your decision to be. So just the manipulation, the gaslighting expertly done by Don Callis. Uh, and yeah, it's just an interesting uh, new development for Chris Jericho, who has been who has been in the JAS, which has been stale um, and I think needed to change. Um, and we'll see exactly where it leads at the least. But um, it was a solid way to open up the show, I would say. Yes, I thought I this is very intriguing because I have no guess. I don't know if Jericho's going to join. I don't know if he's not going to join. I feel like this is a chance if you want to turn Jericho back face for a while, you could. If you want to make him a super heel in that group, you can. You want to you want his group to go up against Callis's group, you could go do that. It's so much stuff. It's so open-ended. Like I I I always say I can generally look at how the story is going and give you an educated guess of how it's going to end and you know sometimes I'm going to be right. I have no idea how this is going to end. I like, and I'm so intrigued. To me, uh, this is the most intriguing story in AEW right now because I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, honestly, it's going to be exciting to see what the cap off is for it. Um, Jungle Boy ran away again as he claimed unsafe work environment as, as as Hook proceeded to jump into the opposite side of the car that he was in, chasing him outside of it before he like slams the door at his face. And then he just said, Hook just says three words, keep running, Perry, uh, to which Jack Jungle Boy then tweeted out, I'm going to Hawaii, basically, fuck you. Um, so we've gotten like three weeks of this, I'm pretty sure. And I just need, like, obviously the whole idea is like he just keeps running. Uh, and it just, I just need to see Jungle Boy do more legit heelish stuff to get the crowds to hate him. Like, 
more so than just not liking him because they don't like Jungle Boy because they think he's boring or they think he can't cut promos or anything like that. I need him to give the crowd a reason to hate him. Jung- I th- and-, and I think you're about to get the reason. I, I'm kind of watching. I'm kind of watching. They're trying to get Jericho. Uh, with uh, the- I think Jungle Boy might join the Don Callis family. I could see that. I could see that. Because, you know, he sucks on the mic, and Don Callis does not. He's really good <laughs> in the ring, and, you know, and so, no, I could see that happening. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it just seems like it would make sense for what Jungle Boy's skill set is. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I'm looking forward to this match with Hook, and I don't know how long they can hold it off, but, good Lord, I'm looking forward to because, like I said, the one place i don't question jungle boy is in no ring he's amazing in the ring if somebody's like oh he can't wrestle i'm just i quit listening and like the dude is talented in the ring it's just he really sucks at uh communicating outside of the ring and you know you can get better always can get better but like this whole hill thing for me just like i almost laugh at it because he does he seems so really uncomfortable doing any of this mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just weird honestly it's just kind of i think we're gonna get to that point too but it's just yeah it just seems like he's just not feeling it yet and yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we get there but uh semi-final match in the blind eliminator tag team tournament orange cassidy and darby allen versus daniel garcia and sammy guevara shout out to daniel garcia for becoming a meme with his dancing because i literally saw him on a mainstream meme twitter account and they like replaced like the sounds of him getting hit by shibata and uh uh zach saber jr with the sounds of like the minecraft oof sound and then playing ridiculous music as he does his stupid ass dance uh yeah honestly and this whole tag team match also was what Jericho said about, you know what, proving your loyalty to the JAS um, in when they were questioning, you know, Jericho's decisions of like why he's even giving Don Callis the time of day. Um, so the honestly, the the, the storyline, more interesting side of things that would cause this ma- like the right decision storyline wise was Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara to win this match. And they did a damn good job. The match was pretty damn good, I would say. Orange Cassidy still wearing all the scars from his constant like workhorse matches he's done with the international championship. I think we're getting closer and closer to the moment where he's going to drop that thing. And it's going to be sad because he's so over with that belt. But it's I think we're just getting towards the end of where he's going to unfortunately run out of gas and then someone's going to jump on him right when it right when he least expects it. Uh, um, but this match against uh, between Darby and Orange Cassidy and uh, Danny R.C. and Sammy was great. I love the mutual respect that Darby and Sammy still are showing each other as Darby's still looking out for the man that he fought against in that AEW title match at Double or Nothing. And Garcia, too. I also love that at the end, too, when Sammy went to go shake Darby's hand, he wasn't just like, no, get the fuck over here. You're not shaking that dickhead's hand. I like it. I honestly thought it was cool that he, like, just straight up, like, let him do it, and then they walked back. Um... But I thought this was a good match. I thought these guys did well, and I'm interested to see uh, how the blind. El- it's going to be interesting to see the blind eliminated tournament final, since we know who's on the other side of the bracket, which we'll get to. Yes, so um, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, Daniel Garcia is really coming into his own. 
Uh, it's so funny because he's been playing the entertainer, and that's been kind of his thing. But it really has added him stopping just like being a great wrestler and starting to be an entertainer has made him such a more well-rounded performer that it's really weird how the gimmick was that, you know, you need to be a sports entertainment extended sports entertainer has made him a better overall wrestler showing that other personality, the other part of his side and that uh, part of him. And now when he wrestles, it's like, Oh, He's, he can handle himself when he's on the mic and before the match, and now he can handle himself. And always he can handle himself in the ring. So literally, it has raised his stock on who he is as a wrestler. It has, honestly. It's made people look way more than they used to. Yeah, say. he was just like, oh, he should join the Blackpool Combat Club because he's a really good wrestler. And by going completely against that, it's... It's honestly a, worked even better. It's gave him definition because you see, you see Willa Yuta, and it's like Willa Yuta's amazing. Don't get me wrong; he's a great wrestler, but he's still the kind of the sidekick of the Blackpool Combat Club. And it's like Daniel Garcia is like more on his own and more is seen as his own man. And it's just like maybe if Daniel Garcia is in the Blackpool Combat Club, he's in the position he is now. But he has grown so much in the JAS. Yes, he has. Uh, we then move over to this. Led into the match, uh, the next semifinal match in the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. Roderick Strong was backstage as Adam Cole was talking because there was a video that was played of Adam Cole and and MJF still continuing to do their like whole like bromance bonding sort of situation. They went out to a bar. And MJF went to hook up with like four different random girls to which Adam Cole's like, I'm not doing that. And then Adam is like, listen, dude, like I'm willing to like wear the shirt and I'm willing to like meet you halfway, but you have to meet me halfway too. I want to choose what we do next. And he's like, okay, like fine. What do you want to do? And they end up in the hotel room and they're playing fight forever. And MJF's like, you really want me to play video games? Like some kind of virgin or something. He's like, dude, trust me. It'll be fun. Plus, they gave you some pretty good stats. Uh, they then win the AEW Tag Team titles in Fight Forever, which was funny. Uh, and then uh, MJF was just like, you know, man, I didn't realize how fun games can be with other people. It's like, Adam was like, have you never like played a multiplayer game in your life? He's like, you need friends to do that. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, and Adam Cole warms up a little bit to MJF, and they do the better than you, baby, chant uh, catchphrase, and they're all celebrating and being like, yeah, and it's adorable, and I'm watching this, and I'm like smiling from ear to ear, but in the back, 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 back part of my head, I'm like, when this man turns and fucks over Adam Cole, I am going to be heartbroken, because this shit is so funny. I am loving this. But I know where it's headed, and I am just sad. I, I think it's going to head to Adam Cole fucking over MJF. I think they're going to. Think it's going to go the complete opposite I, way. I think it's going to go the complete opposite way. It's just, it seems like it's like to me MJF doing it is too obvious, and Adam Cole is going to be looking for it. But MJF, so like, kind of like, kind of like with the, the whole cake situation from yeah, last week. Yeah, 
he was he's always been one step ahead of Max. You know, one step ahead of Max, one step ahead, you know. And I think he's going to be step ahead. He's going to be the person that screws over Max cuz you know what? He has a friend and his friend is Roddy Strong. He doesn't need any more friends. And I I can even see him saying that to Max and breaking his heart. And you know, people have been wanting to cheer Max for a while. And you know, nobody Better to turn there is him. absolutely no way they're turning MJF face. I, I refuse. I, I refuse to believe that. That is the most outlandish things you've ever said. Let me tell you. I don't think they're going to turn him face. I think he's going to be face-ish. Like, think about last year when he wrestled Mox for the title. I know who the heel was in that match. But who was everybody cheering? Uh, they were cheering for the guy who was supposed to be uh, facing CM Punk in that match. Yes. That's, that's they were cheering for, they not were the guy that him. got slotted in. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have said he's not, like, a lot of people have like, it's really hard. Everybody has gotten to this point where they appreciate him so much. It's really hard, you know, to push him as this really bad guy because, you know. People... They've done it. No, they. I, I still disagree with that. They've done it so well, and he can flip a switch where he just I makes everybody he... hate him so much, dude. I refuse to believe I, it. I think he has, and I think he's doing a good job, but I think, the, I think the way to go, the way to go is Adam Cole turning. I do think that would be interesting, at least like that, but not in a situation where it's trying to be like, you know, oh, uh, well, now everyone's going to be mad about well, it. Well, I, I think most people will be like, because he's MJF, most people will be like, you're getting what you deserve. You know what I sure. mean? Yeah, like, it's not going to be like, oh, like cheering for him, but more like, like you know, the walls are coming down around Max kind of thing. If if you're right about this one, I'll give you that. But, like, this is one of your biggest, like, absolutely sideways uh, predictions. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see, if it, wor- we'll see know, if it works out. You know who brought this to me? And I was like, man, this sounds like a good idea. This this is a Tiffany idea. Oh. Tiffany said it, and she's like, I was like, that makes more sense than what they're doing because MJF's going to try to do it, Adam's going to catch him, and then it's like, oh, they're going to have a match. But if you want to add some intrigue to it, have MJ Adam turn on MJF first. And, yeah, I, I, and I honestly could see it happening. Double, double clothesline, baby. Yeah, we're working towards it. Then we did the actual match, which was great. Fucking funny-ass entertainment-style wrestling uh, where MJF tried to body slam Big Bill and was like, fuck my back, and then proceeds to walk to the back as he tries to hide. Um, Also, before the match, too, I will mention, I forgot to say this, too, Roderick Strong with the neck brace after the attack from Samoa Joe was being like, you're not starting to like this guy. And Adam Cole actually got off the phone trying to explain to Britt, like, hey, chill out and then she hung up on him which i was like damn damn um i'm cool like he's not half bad if you get to know him remember we weren't the closest of friends when we first uh when we first met but look at us now i consider you like family um but then we move into the actual match uh, and Adam Cole is still being like MJF tried to run away at one point. And he's like, no, you're doing, don't do this. And they were wearing the shirts together. Then they did a push up, like Adam Cole and Brian Cage were doing push offs, push ups against each other. Uh, and it just kept working and working and working until eventually, uh, they didn't, they tried to go for the stereo, the double clothesline, uh, didn't happen. So we didn't get that, 
but they did get double double like uh, thrust kicks and eventually it did lead off to uh, Brian Cage getting hit with a body slam. I mean, a, a big, yeah, Big Bill getting hit with a uh, with a body slam, and then Brian Cage gets pinned from the boom knee, uh, and yeah, they uh, okay. cut another great promo afterwards, and it was just. And I don't know where it's gonna happen, but that fucking pop when they hit a fucking double clothesline oh is like gonna said, be crazy. That's when, doing, that's when you're doing stuff right with wrestling when like the most minuscule things that should not be a like a pop worthy moment is like CM Punk doing a headlock in a in a match with Samoa Joe popped me, and then this is gonna pop everybody else because everyone else is gonna be so gassed about this double clothesline I, I i don't want them to beat the ftr because i believe in real tag teams but dude yes. if 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 another non-real tag team was the champs you know i would be like mjf and adam cole have to win the titles with a double clothesline it just has to happen <laughs> like what no uh he's like double clothesline he was just so happy about it uh i love it i i love what they're doing right now um it, it's sports entertainment. It very much is. This is this is a WWE storyline playing out on AEW, and it's been done perfectly. Like I tell people, I will say this forever: it's not it's not doing non wrestling stuff. I like non wrestling stuff. You just have to do non wrestling stuff well. This has been done well, and I have been getting a kick out of it. When you do non wrestling stuff like this. You're going to keep my attention. Yes. Um, we then had Jake Hager's little moment backstage where he was like, listen, um, you and me, we got history, dude. I know you got history with them, but like, you brought me here. I left an undefeated MMA career because you asked me to be here. I've been here with you since day one. But like, listen, I deserve to know. Like, It's not just your career on the line. It's mine, too, if you decide to leave and join Don Callis. So until you can be straight with you, until you can be straight with me, I can't give you a hundred percent. And he gives him the purple bucket hat and then walks away. And my favorite thing about that was the instant thing that people tweeted out about that moment was Spider-Man leaving his fucking suit in the trash from uh, Spider-Man one in the comics and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I love that. That was the first thing people went to with that stupid purple fucking bucket hat. It's amazing absolutely amazing is like the jas is just like it will fall apart if jericho jumps and the whole thing will just collapse and right now the one guy who's like got him constantly out of everything jake hager like he's straight up best friend the man that saved him uh saved his life uh just handed in his hat being like i can't be with you like this unless you tell me what's up so I just thought that moment that was a genuinely cool moment. He but he liked that hat and he gave up the hat. Hat and he hand. liked Hat in hand. It was a very sad moment, very emotional moment. Everybody's like, Jake Hager has a personality and I'm like he really does. I mean, this has been done really well. So I don't know if this is gonna lead to an actual match between Jericho and Hager, but I hope it does. Yeah. Now uh, Ruby Soho versus uh, Sky Blue in the Own Heart Foundation Women's Semifinals. Uh, if you haven't seen Ruby Soho's promo leading up to this match, you should absolutely seek that out because she uh, she did amazing. And I personally was being like, you know what? Like 
Sky Blue has been cool, but Ruby Soho literally was like screaming about like how last year at Double or Nothing, she came out to her favorite band. She was gonna win this t- this tournament for Owen, and it was gonna be her crowning moment of her like the out like the the runaway running to AEW and winning this huge moment, and she got it robbed from her by Britt Baker. And she's like, I could have like done what I'm doing now back then, and it would have won me the whole thing, and I didn't. And now I like who I am better now. Everything she said, I like believed 1,000%, and then I was like, fuck it, I want Ruby to win this match right now. And like I thought Sky Blue had in, in the bag, honestly. Uh, after they threw... This is how... Easily, I get worked. I guess you could say. Once the other outcast, Tony Storm and Sky and uh, Soraya got thrown to the thrown out of there, I thought, well, there it goes. Sky Blue's winning this whole thing, and it didn't matter though because eventually, as she uh, proceeds to uh, uh, grab the bottom ropes, hits uh, Destination Unknown off of the top turnbuckle as she pulls him down. She beats Sky Blue. And after Sky's knee got rammed into the steel's ring steps, Ruby Soho's going back to the finals for a second year in a row of the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament. And yeah, I thought it was a cool moment to see, honestly. But I'm just talking about this. The match was solid. It was fine. But just if you didn't watch that promo, watch that promo. It was really fucking good. Yes, uh, he is. um, uh, When I... um, when, this match set the tone for you know built that for, for Ruby getting uh, the Owen uh, finals or whatever, and it's gonna be kind of crazy because I don't know, I don't know they don't, I know they don't necessarily do the title shot for the Owen, but if she's to win it, you know, and Tony's right there, what's gonna happen? Or is, are they gonna have Ruby go after Chris Dad or whatever? But I really did enjoy this match. I thought they told the story well. I am showing, I've seen, uh, to me, a marked improvement in Sky Blue every time she goes out there. Uh, Ruby is, you know, constant, always great. I've never had a problem with her in-ring work or anything like that. So I thought this was a really uh, well-told story. And it's kind of funny. The last two times the Outcasts have been the singles matches, the people have been thrown out. And then the outcast won anyway. And it sh- tells the story. Ruby, Ruby did, doesn't, didn't want, you know, like the numbers game. She literally just wanted a fair shot. She needed to be able to just do what it takes to win. And that's what she did. And, and you know, it's showing the edge that she was missing. So I thought they did a good job of telling the story in this match. I did as well. Now, Weird moment of the show, I will say, before we get into the final two moments of this uh, Dynamite. QTV had a world premiere of a uh, diss track towards the acclaimed by one Harley Cameron. Uh, so, aka, it, when you when she was in Detroit, public enemy number one, because everyone hated her fucking guts, I had to say. Um, but um, So she did a diss track uh, to the acclaimed. Which, ordinarily, I'd be like, what the fuck? But then she did something I straight up did not expect. One, she sounded solid, I would say, as someone who likes music a lot. She sounded solid. But then, fucking out of nowhere. Floyd probably didn't catch this, but I did because, I mean, I'm from Detroit. I'm from God's sakes. Uh, 
she just straight up decides to do the fast ass verse from Eminem's Godzilla off of Music to Be Murdered by. So the film with the venom and eliminated mother with a minute, 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 like that whole part, she does that. And then she said, that's right, I quoted Shady. And I'm just like, am I in love with you? I, th- I, think, she, I'm, I think I'm in love with you. It's like, I can't believe she just did that. Like, I knew no one else cared about that, but I did. So I like posted it on my Instagram story. Like, she just rapped Godzilla from Eminem. And I think I'm in love. And she posted it on her story. And I'm like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Sure, you're telling me there's a chance. So, such a weird moment. Um, that's all I wanted to say about that. It was a weird moment in the show, I will say. But, I mean, she didn't do bad. She did a good job, I would say. Uh, and if you if you quote Shady, you will always be good in my books. That's just how I work. That's how I roll. Well, Eminem is my favorite rapper, but there's a lot of words in that. So the fact there that is. I, I did not catch that, that she did it. I did catch that she raps very fast. I remember when I was there and well, just, you know, when I was at Wintrust and she was on the mic and I was like, and they were booing the shit out of her. But I was like, I think she can actually rap. I think she's actually good. She can actually, yeah, she can actually <laughs> sing and rap, honestly. Yeah. And I think, I think, think she's because I have seen her in the music videos. I think she did one with Shotzi. And, she's uh, also done Scarlet. one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think she's also done one. I'm pretty sure with. Uh, funny enough, Departy. So like up, up, down, down. Uh, Austin Creed, Adam Cole, yeah, Claudio, and, uh, and Tyler Reese. And I think she was the entrance music for uh, the what what were what were the iconics called? Whatever they were called. But oh think, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. she did their entrance music. So believe me, um, she is you know very good. Don't get me wrong. So. Um, but I, I like she's super talented, and you know people didn't boo out the building, so you got to hear it, and yeah, so I thought that was cool, and I got to I love the diss track because it was a rap diss track from someone that can actually rap at the acclaim, because usually people do like the comedic, you know, uh, you know, trying to out out uh, comedy them, but it was just like she's just fucking really good at this, so I thought this was a good segment. Yeah. Again, came out of nowhere, but I appreciate it. And also, listen, I know she's got a man, but like, aside, I promise you, we'll just like, we'll just do, like, I, t- I, I already showed you, I can do the rap too. I can do the rap too. So like, let's listen. All I'm just saying, uh, give me a chance. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, I, I, I can't offer much, but we both know Eminem's Godzilla, so there's got to be a start at least there. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So when they do another AEW karaoke. Oh, I am tearing that shit up. Yes. I've I've already said, too, like back at StarCast 1 when Marty Skrull did his karaoke, we got there a little late and I didn't get in chance. I didn't get in time to sign up for it. Someone sang Cult's personality and got booed out of the building and he wasn't that great, but he was okay. But if. Uh, if I got up there and I sing Call of Personality and I was actually good, I'd be flipping every single one of them off as I fucking hit the high notes. But if they do another AEW karaoke, I'm, I'm making that shit happen. Yes, the Harley Cameron and Austin bars. Let's go. Bars. Uh, yep. 
Uh, we had the debut of Nick Wayne uh, in AEW, the 18-year-old who is uh, basically brothers at this point with uh, Darby Allen. I loved him coming out and showing support as they as he made his entrance. And then in the middle of the match, actually, Darby came out and was very concerned to swerve and Nick Wayne. Like we already know that like they've done stuff before. They wrestled in Defy. Nick Wayne was bloody as shit in that match against uh, Swerve Strickland on the Indies. Uh, Swerve so fucking good. Like Nick Wayne is also a psychopath for some of the shit that he did, dude. Absolutely insane. Some of the moves that he did. Uh, this match was damn good. This was my match of the night, and I'm very excited for the future of Nick Wayne in AEW. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, and Swerve, again, dude, I'm just telling you, dude, this guy absolutely can be one of your top, like, just stars in AEW. I swear. Just, I he's I'm on, telling you, he's so good. He's on the Montez Ford diet. Look at him. He is so solid. He he has done the work. Like I've always known him as skinny, but yeah, I I truly think he can he he can be that guy. I truly think that uh, it's time for uh, TK to just like give him the keys to the kingdom. Uh, I I there's a great match with MJF one down the line. There's a great match with a lot of people. I just like. Shit. I think Swerve can be the guy that can screw over uh, or just basically capitalize on the off-injured Orange Cassidy and win the international yeah, title. Just straight kick him in the head and just beat him, just like all the dudes hurt. Uh, wear down on the injury and on the on the muscle tape that's all over his body, and just wear him down until he can't do anything. Yes, yeah. So uh, absolutely, uh, I'm looking forward to him. I, I just I think he can be the guy. He just has this presence from the moment that he steps out there that you want to know what he's doing. His wrestling is smooth. I, I I can honestly say this. When I first saw Swerve, wasn't much of a Swerve guy. And it's just the more I watch him, the more fluid he is, the more he makes everything look effortless. And he looks like a star. He's added to the physique. I'm a body guy. I always say that all the time. I'm a body guy. And he has improved that. He's improved on everything. At this point, it's like if he doesn't get pushed, it's just, you know, you have to think it's something else because he seems like he's done everything he can to, you know, earn the push. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, again, Nick Wayne shows a lot of potential, and he was very, very good in this match. Um, think about this. The, the reverse made, avalanche, her Karana scared the shit out of me. You can develop him for seven years, right? I know. He will only be 25. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, and it's like, um, like I would have him in the New Japan Juniors division. He would be like an honorary New Japan Juniors person just over in Japan getting better. And, of course, having him on AEW TV as much as possible. But I say this. Take your time. And then but take your time and get his get everything down, and you could have the wrestler for the next twenty years. Yeah, straight up. Finally, closing out the show, we got the reveal of the fifth members for the Elite and the Don Callis and the Blackpool Combat Club. I should say uh, for Blood and Guts this upcoming week at the TD Garden in Boston, Boston. Um. And Kenny Omega came down. Moxley and uh, Konosuke Takeshita jump him. And that's when Pac runs down, 
hits him with a steel chair, and Pac talking about how you shattered my nose. And he's like, we've known the problems that Pac has had with Kenny over the past few years. Like, we've known about this shit. And yeah, Pac being the fifth member makes a lot of sense, honestly. It very much fits the description, I would say. But as they put Kenny's head in between a chair and Moxley screams, you got any last word for your Canadian uh, friends before blood and guts? And uh, he's like, yeah, we still have a fifth member as he chuckles and just says, check the screen. And it just says, he's coming. And Coda fucking Bushi. Finally. 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 One more for emphasis. The golden elite is here. The golden lovers will be here. I have waited for Ibushi to be in AEW for so long. I was there at All In with Ibushi main eventing All In with the Young Bucks. I was there at G1 Supercard at MSG where Kota Ibushi was a fucking beast and just being an absolute world beater. And now... Literally, it's been almost, it's been five, nearly five years since All In when we saw the Young Bucks and we saw Kenny Omega with Kota Ibushi. And he's, they're finally reunited and they're going to face off in blood and guts. And the joke I was going to say too about the whole thing about what has been asked about AEW, like can't do this, can't do this, like this has been banned, this has been banned. Kota Ibushi's going to come in and be like, you can't fire me. I will do whatever. I will do whatever I want. I will come in and I will straight up light a firework cannon and I will shoot it at myself and you can't stop me from doing it because I am Kota goddamn Ibushi. I am so fucking excited. Like I, I knew in my heart it was Ibushi, but I fucking was just swinging in the air. I was just in absolute just bliss because I love Abushi. He is honestly like right now my favorite uh, Japanese wrestler. One of my favorite wrestlers just straight up. I love Abushi. He has always been the guy that I looked at in uh, New Japan and I just could not believe the stuff that he did. And then like would the same guy who would wrestle a badass and like take a kick to the face, like just give the most disgusted look at you like you did not just do that and then like literally knock your jaw out of socket with a shot but then at the same time like i said shoot a fucking firework cannon at his chest we'll wrestle a blow-up doll we'll do all this random ass shit that cannot be the same person and also he's a sweetheart he's an absolute sweetheart so the fact that this man is finally here i don't at this point right now one off he gets signed. I don't care anymore because either of those two are an option. He has no commitments to New Japan anymore. He could straight up be all elite. We don't know. But all I'm saying is I have waited years for this. I'm finally getting this. Why could not, Why could this not have been the Detroit Blood and Guts? I, like, I love the Detroit Blood and Guts match. I did. Why couldn't this have been it? Why? It would have been amazing to see Ibushi in this match live. But I, I digress. I digress. I'm so gassed. And I'm so excited. 
I've talked long enough about this. Ibushi is a god amongst men, and I will pass it off to Floyd for this. The bastard is back. Is there any yeah, wrestler? Who gives a fuck about there, that? Is there any wrestler uh, that uh, falls under the Blackpool Combat Club? Uh, like, you like, oh, I got a replacement for Brian Danielson. You're like, man, how do you replace Brian Danielson? Well, you get one of the other, uh, other, other greatest wrestlers, you know, like athletic strength, all that stuff combined to do it. So you have the bastard come out. That is perfect for this role, uh, perfect to replace Brian Danielson. You know, he does, you know, he does pretty much everything Brian Danielson does well. And then you have, uh, Kota Ibushi, uh, again amazing wrestler i'm like and i honestly like you look at all the wrestling uh companies like all time like in-ring performance companies ever i don't think you can find it like look at the look at who's in AEW right now i don't think you can find no better one than this right now what they have going on you talking about you talking about if you were Whoever, whatever your cup of tea is, you're talking about the best tag teams of your generation, right? I mean, you have FTR, you have the Young Bucks, you have the Lucha Bros, you have the best tag teams of the generation ever. And I, and I'm not even talking about the different makeshift tag teams you can talk about. You're talking about some of the best entering performance of a generation. You got Kenny Omega, you got Brian Danielson, you got you know the, the you know the people everyone talk about. You have one of the CM Punk. Samoa Joe, like any of these people at a, a time a few years ago, you would build a company around. They're all in the same company right now. It's like, this is a wrestling company. This is a wrestler's company. If you like pro wrestling, this is the, what you should be watching every week. And I'm like, when you have the fifth members and you're like, oh, it's just packing uh, Kota Ibushi. That's it. They can make like you can main event pretty much any show in the AEW thing with Kota Ibushi. Pack is you know you talk about all some of the better matches in AEW history. Pack's involved in them, and and you know you don't question what that man can do in between the uh, squared circle. So uh, in between those ropes, it's nothing that he can't do. So it's just like you look at these five. You look at this like you like John Moxley. You know John Moxley, Claudio. Willer Yuta, uh, Takesta, and now you got Pack. Like, dude, th- that's not a gang you want to go up against. But on the other side, you 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 have you have the changers. You have you have the people that change the wrestling business, as in Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, one of the best tag teams in the world, and Hangman Page. Dude, dude, this could main event of any pay per view. Any of the uh, any any of the pay per views on AEW, this could main event. This could be the main event in New York. If this was the all in main event, everybody would be fine. Next week, you get it on TV, and 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 you know what? I didn't say I didn't say free TV because goddammit, it, I pay for my TV. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, you get it on TV. You get it on Dynamite. Uh, if dude, just dude. If you're like on the fence, watch it. This is the this is the most stay vigilant moment ever. I need it to be a million next week. I do. I do. I, I, I know it hasn't done this in a while, but you're getting five on five in blood and guts in Boston. Let's fucking go. Let's tell everyone you know that may have checked out 
that this is probably that like violence, that this is going to be the most violent thing they've ever seen ever. There's going to be people bleeding everywhere, and it's it's going to be amazing. It is. It straight up is. Um, and that that was AEW Dynamite, and that was our week in AEW. Um, now. We have a lot of stuff that's coming up uh, on Rampage. Your big things. We are going to get the Athena Willow Nightingale semifinals match in the Heart Foundation Women's Tournament that we would have gotten on Collision if Willow was cleared, but she was unfortunately not. Lance Archer. Uh, I loved how they teased the Lance Archer Trent match by basically saying Lance Archer's kicking everybody's ass overseas, whether it be in Revfro, whether it be in uh, New Japan. He's kicking everybody's ass, and he will face Trent Beretta. Uh, we're gonna get naturally limitless Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes versus Daddy Magic and Cool Hunt, Cool Hand Angelo Parker. So get a little 2.0 reunion as they actually get a tag match of just them two. We'll hear from the Dark Order and Kenosuke Takeshita will be in action as well as we'll hear from the AW Women's World Champion Tony Storm. Uh, that was everything that was announced. Of course, what we have for Collision is a three-hour block where it's gonna be Collision for the first two hours where we're gonna get. The two out of three falls match between FTR and Bullet Club Gold for the AEW World Tag Team titles. The finals of the Own Hearts uh, men's tournament, uh, CM Punk versus Absolute Ricky Starks. And then they're going to do Battle of the Belt 7, which will feature a TNT championship match between Luchasaurus and Sean Spears. Well, this is going to be a loaded weekend. Um... The rampage looks uh, great, but dude, two out of three falls, two out of three falls. Yeah, to both of the Owen Hart uh, finals. Uh, CM Punk, uh, CM Punk main eventing with Ricky Starks. There's so much stuff that can happen. There's so much story here. This is what I was talking about. This is what you like. We already know the card for Collision, right? <laughs> You're you're like oh what am I doing Saturday night oh I'm staying in and watching basically a pay per view on TBS and that's what you should do or is it on TNT what channel does it come on I have not uh, set up automatically so I really don't know oh for uh, Battle of the Belts uh, Collision is it on oh, Collision T- Collision's TNT okay like I I got I genuinely TBS confused. is only yeah TBS is only Dynamite yeah I got genuinely confused because. Cause I have it set up on automatic, it just turns on the damn channel when it yeah. comes on. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, so um, that being said, it's just make sure if there's one night this month you're gonna stay in. Fuck Mission Impossible. You shouldn't go see movies this weekend anyway. Support, uh, support the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, don't go see a movie. Um, you know, do stay in. Make some popcorn. Order some wings, invite some friends over, and watch the best tag team in the world do what they do. And then watch probably one of the most talked about wrestlers in wrestling history do what he does with one of my biggest up-and-coming stars in the world, Ricky Starks. It's going to be fun. You should be watching. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Now, there's only one last piece of news that we want to talk about, and it regards StarCast. So, Floyd, I unfortunately, like I said, I'm not going to be able to make StarCast happen. Uh, football season is going to cause way too much. I can only do uh, All Out. That's literally all that my schedule will allow for. 
But talk about StarCast. So it looks like StarCast is going to be, they're taking over. Uh, it looks like there's like the fan fest and all that stuff that AEW usually does. No official announcement, but it looks like StarCast is going to kind of take over that. And it looks like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is it all the days? Hold on just a second. I am. Just confirming. I'm confirming online right now. But uh, yeah. Uh, be in the weekends. It's at the Hyatt Regency in Schaumburg. It's the first through the third, so it's just the three days. So it is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, get in, uh, get your uh, platinum badges, get your gold badges. Conrad puts this on every year, and he always manages to get a super headliner. He always manages to do amazing stage shows. And if anyone from that StarCast group is listening, C M F T R. I'm telling all. you right now, dog. I'm telling you right now because I know you have an in with FTR. Like, because it's going to break my heart that I'm not there. Like, video message or something. I'm begging because I'm going to be heartbroken not being there if that is the case. I know it's going to be like, it's going to like be yeah. tough i know but i'm just saying man dude. if it's if it's all three of them man i'm just saying i'm dude. just saying dude to put the money sit into the animal rescue whatever y'all gotta do i know y'all like charity and it's like well i'll yeah, donate yeah, to paul yeah. chicago right yeah, then and there dude. yes do do, do, do the thing so i want I'll, okay so these are the meet and greets i want i want punk punk and larry meet and greet oh my god <laughs> do not do that that is a recipe for disaster larry will chew somebody's arm off yes uh and i want hey larry got a shirt i need a meet and greet well there you go i mean i get that but it's not listen there's a difference but there is a i will say firmly as a punk guy there is a difference between a larry meet and greet and a pharaoh meet and greet yes i will say absolutely firmly and then cmftr meet and greet and then we need to elite to make a return and it shouldn't be like i know kenny doesn't like to do those by himself do the whole elite uh, because I think that's what makes that's why I'm saying with the sarcast that's what makes it special is you have the pictures with the factions and they yeah. have the well, special I mean, dude, they had the gold, yeah. they had the golden lovers at Starcast yeah. one and that was huge yeah and you have the special backgrounds and you do the things and you make it a, a event because I think you put the MFTR out there I think there's some people that weren't necessarily playing in Gold Starcast or planning to make it to Chicago early, that it, that line's going to be out the fucking door. And I, I just, you know, if you're using the AEW people, make sure everybody's available. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to the stage shows. I, I, I want uh, I want FTR to just, like, do a Brett match or they just break down a Brett match and, um, you know, do the, do the things. It's like I've been... To, only one I didn't go to was the WWE one. So this will be five out of six for me. So I'm looking forward to everything that they do. I'm, I've never been a stage show guy, but you put FTR, you put Punk up on the stage, I'll be there. I, I want some Samoa Joe. I, I want Pac to do a meet and greet, which he doesn't. <laughs> he he yeah. cancels quite a bit, so I, I want to see that. But yeah, I just have a long fucking wish list. But it starts with it starts and ends with CMFTR. You give me that, I have no complaints. You get all my money. Yeah, I, I will probably buy multiple meet and greets too because I'm like, oh yeah, I need one. I need one with uh, Tyler. Then I need one by myself. And then I need one. <laughs> and I have exactly. like a, I have like six hundred things for them to sign too. So that, that's another thing. 
<laughs> yep, exactly. But regardless, that will do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, the next time you hear from this podcast, when you hear from myself and Floyd, will be the 200th episode of All Things Elite. It's a special moment. Please tune in for that episode. We'll be tweeting it out like crazy. You don't want to miss our boy Rich Lada's uh, amazing theme song he's done for us. Like He's out here being in the Fight Forever video game too. His music is in there. Like Rich Lada rapping bars on Fight Forever. And he'll be on this podcast with his amazing theme song that you guys do not want to miss out on, I promise you. And we're going to have a whole just amazing walk down memory lane with this podcast. Uh, so please tune into that. And again, thank you for tuning in every week with us to go through the week of AEW. Um, thanks again, and make sure you're downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Turn notifications on. You'll be able to know exactly when that 200th episode drops and give us a rating and a review. Also helps us out a ton. Um, follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. Also follow at Social Suplex. They make this show possible. We've been under this brand this whole time, and they've supported us, and they're amazing. Everybody there is great. Uh, and check out all the other shows they have on their network, including Keeping It Strong Style, if you're a mega New Japan guy and you want to get your New Japan fix. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And as we head into episode 200, Floyd will take us home on this 199th episode of All Things Elite. Go ahead, Broy. Thank you all for coming along on this ride. It's been amazing. I have been the time of my life uh but um looking forward to uh doing doing getting to 200 and doing 200 more after that again thank you for going share with your friends tell them about the longest running uh longest running aew podcast in existence all things elite and as i always say Please be good to each other. Be nice to each other. I I, I, I try to do this in practice. Uh, just be positive out there. If you can do a little something small that makes people's day easier, or uh, you know, uh, I the one thing I always point out to is if you're like in a line and someone seems like they're in a hurry and you're not in a hurry, let them go ahead of you. Doesn't hurt anything. Just be nice. Be calm. Be nice. Be 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 who you want other people to be you know be that person because you 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 can't always change the world but you can absolutely change yourself and with that i leave you how i always leave you whether it's home work or school always do your best to be elite